This is Igris, and today we are having a special episode. And the reason why is because it's Chaf Av, Chaf Menachem Av, the, uh, the Rebbe's father, Reb Levik's Yaretzeit. And I looked in an R volume uh, that we're learning this year, the year Tav Shin Lam and Gimel, volume is Chaf Ches. We don't have anything on Chaf Av. We also don't have anything in particular on the Rebbe's father. The only mention in our year is that some people had opened a Reb Levik library, which we actually discussed in one of our prior shiurim. So we don't have much about the Rebbe's father, the Rebbe's father's Torah. Uh, Tavshin Lamed would have been a fun year to look into. I almost made that our topic today because that was the year that Rebbe started publishing his father's work. And so we have some letters about his enthusiasm about the, about the publishing, including one that he sends to Shazar saying, I'm sending you, a, since, we're, since we're so close, I'm going to send you some of the early prints of my father's work on Tanya. Um, but that's not what we're going to do today. What we're going to do today instead is I want to look at a letter from Reb Levik. A very short letter, but also, in Reb Levik's own words, his most important letter. Reb Levik considered this the most important letter he ever wrote, and he says this himself, as we'll see. First of all, before we do that, though, I do want to point out there's a letter here from Tavshin Mem Dalid, which is always pronounced Dalid Mem because of the bad acronym. And the Rebbe asks what we should do on Chof Menachem Av. I have this on the screen for you. He says, Chof Menachem Av, Shel, my father, Levi Yitzchak, Ben Arav, Baruch Shneir, and all of the honorifics. It is my great obligation and also my great merit to emphasize and to request. The people should learn from Reb Leibach's Torah. They should learn from the Rebbe's father's Torah on his Yeratzeh. And they should also donate some money in honor of his Neshama. What did the Rebbe's father do? He gave his life for spreading Yiddishkeit among the Jewish people. From the other side of the Iron Curtain. He was put in prison. He was sentenced to exile. And he died in exile. And that is where he rested. That was his resting place. So the Rebbe says that my father suffered terribly for the Jewish people, and he suffered to spread Yiddishkeit everywhere. He was imprisoned, he was exiled, and he died in exile. And how I would like you to commemorate the day of his death is by learning some of his Torah, and also by giving some tzedakah in honor of his nisham. Obviously today, in the Igrish year, I don't think we're going to be giving tzedakah, but we can learn a little bit of his Torah, and his Torah includes his writing. I'm going to show you a letter here. This is a piece of a letter. And this piece of a letter is something that Reb Levick wrote after sending the letter we're going to learn today. So the Reb Levick, the letter we're going to learn today is a letter that Reb Levick sent on the day of the Rebbe's Chasna, and it is a 101-word letter. It's 101 words long exactly. He made it exact. He mentions it here as his 101-word uh, dipesh, which I believe is like a dispatch, but I think he means it's a telegram. So it was sent as a telegram. Here he writes a couple months later, you, had, you definitely got, he writes to the Rebbe, you definitely got a whole bunch of uh, of telegrams for your wedding. It is my deep desire that this telegram that you got from me, which has exactly 101 letters in it, should be guarded by you. It was written from the depths of my heart, from the depths of my soul. You should keep it safe for many long years and in many good years and pleasant years. It's my hope to Hashem. It's my hope you will keep everything in it. So there's a letter that meant a lot to Reb Levik. Uh, Reb Tzinchana has in her diaries, Reb Levik's wife, the Reb's mother, has in her diaries that when Reb Levik sat down to write this letter, he soaked the tablecloth with his tears. So it's a short letter. It's a powerful letter. It has a lot of subtext that I do not understand. I understand some of it, but certainly not most of it. Um, and it is something that I think we should look at today because of how much it meant to Reb Levik and the fact that the Rebbe did indeed follow what his father asked him and keep it with him for many, many long and good years. So this is the letter. 
It was written on Yud Dalid Tafresh Peites, the day of the Rebbe's Chasna, and sent as a telegram. And it's written to the Rebbe, his name is at the top of the page, to Warsaw, where the, where the Chasna was happening. And he writes the following. From the depths of the depths, bad translation, of my heart. I'm blessing you, my son, Ohuvi, my beloved son, Mehmadi, my, uh, my precious son, on the day of your wedding, with your match, which is the Rebbe's name for Mazel Tov. Okay. Hashem God, the God of our fathers, Hakadoshim, our holy fathers, the Shabbos Chusam Anuchayim. We live in their merit. We live in the merit of our holy fathers. This God, who is the God of our holy fathers, in whom we live in the merit of this God, should spread over you a sukkah shalom, a sukkah of peace. In this building you have, this edifice you have, should be a lasting edifice forever. So far, fairly standard language for a wedding letter. Then he writes. This is from um, Kahelas. This is Kahelas Testes. You should live a life with the woman that you love as a pushup shot and also as it says in the Medrash. So this required opening up a Medrash. Uh, I went looking a little bit. I obviously don't know what Reb Levick means because he's a... Uh, Reb Levick, if you learn any of his stuff, he operates at every level of Terra. Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Seid. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you what the Medrash says. So is a line in Kahelas, which literally means what it sounds like. You should see a life with the woman that you love. You should marry a woman you love and spend your life with her, is the Pshat in Kahelis. Kahelis Rabbah, and there's also Brat and Rashi, says that this means that in addition to the woman that you love, you also should get yourself a life, which is that, get a life, which is that in addition to the woman that you love, which is Terah, you also should find yourself a job. So the Medrash in Kahela says that this is a this is a mucker for people finding jobs, that they should have, that the, the people were, the Medrash goes on to list the most honored people were people who split their time, shlish taira, shlish tefillah, shlish umunis. That's the Lushan in this Medrash. That the best way to live a life is a third of your life spent working, a third of your life spent davening, and a third of your life spent learning Torah. So it is possible when he says Kimidrashe that he means like the Medrash in Kahelis Rabba, that I'm wishing you a life of love with your wife, Kipshutai, and I'm also wishing you a life that is evenly split three ways between Torah and davening and Umanus and having a job. That's where it continues, right? Yeah. This is also a pasuk. is from Mishle and says, that says your source should be blessed. There, I um, I wrote down in my notes here, Rashi says, he says, This is the Torah that you learned when you were a young child. The Medrash there says that means that you should find everything you need in your city. That happy is a person who has a wife from their city and a Torah from their city and a job in their city so they don't have to travel much. I don't know if that's at all what he meant, just pointing out some of the things these psukim mean, because the Rebbe is just throwing psukim at us. Your source should be blessed and you should be happy with the wife of your of your youth, and the wife of your youth is the Torah you learned as a child. I will note that when the Rebbe was, um, I guess not the Rebbe, when somebody was writing, can't remember who, when somebody was writing the Rebbe's biography for Hayemia, maybe we have a historian in the room who can remind me who wrote the Rebbe's biography in the front of Hayemia. You ever open the front of Hayemia? In the front, it has biographies of all of the Rebbe. The first time it came out, it didn't have the Rebbe's biography in it. It, it couldn't have because... Wasn't it Zelikson? Wasn't it Zelikson that wrote it? It could have been Zelikson who wrote the Rebbe's. Yeah, it could have been. And I could have heard this story from him when he came to Fabreng. This is totally possible. Um, but anyway, when the first edition came out, the Rebbe put it out, so he didn't have his own biography in there because he wasn't Rebbe yet. That wouldn't have made any kind of sense. But at some point, they kept reprinting it, and the Rebbe's already Rebbe, there's an Asias, and it's going on for a while. I think it was like Machofs or something, maybe even the Lamas, that they finally printed the Rebbe's biography in Hayemim, and by that point, it had gotten ridiculous that he wasn't there. He was a very well-established next Rebbe in line, 
And it didn't make sense that his biography wasn't there. So maybe Zeligson, maybe somebody else went to the Rebbe and said, we're going to write a biography of the front. Is that okay? And the Rebbe said, fine, but he wants to edit it. So they wrote it up and the Rebbe made very few edits to this biography. One of the only edits that he made to this biography is that there's a section in the beginning where it says the Rebbe in his childhood learned diligently. I think the Lushan is Bishkeda. And I think the Rebbe added the word Shkeda Atsuma, that the Rebbe added that he learned incredibly diligently as a young man. This was something that the Rebbe never hit, that as a young man, he was a very, very diligent student. Obviously, that diligence continues his, continues his entire life. But the Rebbe emphasized, one of people know that when he learned as a child, he learned very, very seriously as a child. People tell stories of the Rebbe as a child, standing in his room and learning for hours on end without looking up from a book. He was a very, very diligent child. So it might be that this Vesameach Meishis Nuraich is the Rebbe's father reflecting on the fact that you should be happy with and you should grow with the Torah that you studied as a child, because that is what the Medrash on that Pasuk means. Okay. Continuing. In the merit of the Tzemach and his wife, you and your wife are called after their names, right? Because the Tzemach was named Menachem Endel and his wife was named Chaim Moshka. And that is also the names of the Rebbe and the Rebbetzin. The merit of your forefathers, specifically the Tzemach and his wife, who have the same names as you two, should be something that stands for you as a merit all of the days of your, all of your days forever. When you go in the way of Terah and Mitzvah, it'll give you a life. You should have a life as you, I guess as you go. Let's do key as as. As you go in the way of Terah and Mitzvah, you will live a life. Uh, may you live a life of Nachas and Shalva and Hashket. These are all kinds of relaxation or tranquility. Uh, nachas is joy, to, or, or I guess Nachas, right? Shalva, relaxation, Hashket, quiet. In all good things, Sela. That's also a Lashon Apostle. You should be a Ge'in and Tferes be Israel is a great wonder for the Jewish people. That's a Pasuk in, in Yeshaya. And uh, I don't have any drush on it because there's no commentary on it. It's just that it's a, it's a language from a Pasuk. And you should raise up a generation of children and grandchildren who will be Isaac and Terah and Mitzvah, involved in, deeply involved in Terah and Mitzvah, practically, but Pail. We talked about how uh, how Reb Levick, I think that uh, Mendel mentioned this before the recording started. Mendel mentioned that um, that uh, one of the problems, one of the downsides of Reb Levick's terror is that since he was writing so briefly on the margins of his book, he didn't often get to talk about Mice Vipayel, but it was definitely his Indian. He just didn't have the space and the ink to say it. Look at the last line that he writes to the Rebbe. That you should have a practical outcome. The Rebbe's focus on Mice Vipayel definitely is hereditary at the very least. I'll also point out that this Lushan is the Lushan that the Rebbe ends his wedding mimer on. So the wedding, that if you if you chazed the Rebbe's wedding mimer at your, Reb, at your wedding, then you, not, not the free that could have, the Rebbe's, then you'll remember that one ends, Banu b'nei banu meskimitere mitzvahs. Not papayo, though, just with the word mitzvahs. Avicha she'ata asher itcha imcha mamish, your father who is literally with you, your father who is literally with you, these are, these are heart-wrenching words. You know, the Rebbeic made a wedding that day in his house without a chassan, without a kala, and brought all of their friends over with the Rebbe Zinchanda to celebrate. So your father, who is literally with you, Levi Yitzchak. And notice that he doesn't write his last name and he doesn't write nonorific. He writes nothing else. The reason why is because if you add up all of the num- all of the words in this telegram, it is exactly 101 with Levi Yitzchak. And if you put Harav or Schneerson on the other end, you would have 102 letters. So he puts just his name here, which is not how he normally signs his letters. He usually puts his last name because he wanted to be sure that this would have exactly 101 letters in it. As we saw from his letter over here, my 101 word dispatch to you. So he feels very strongly about this having exactly 101 words. Of course, the hanging question in the room is why he cared so much about it being 101 words. And of course, we don't know the answer. That's the truth. We have we have no idea. Um, Rabbi Dubov, he put out this letter and he put together, I think, like 30 
30 or 40 different possibilities for what the 101 could mean from Reblevik's own writing. They went through Reblevik's work and found every time he referenced 101 and pulled it to the surface. One of them that I like a lot, and I believe Chayenu also published a version of a couple of years back. There's a really interesting one that incorporates a couple of different things from Tzemach I want to tell you that one. And besides, we'll, besides that, we'll kind of leave it up to uh, leave it up to something that we will never, will not until Mashiach comes fully understand. Um, the gematria of the word Zohar is 227. And the gematria of the word Shachach is 328. So to remember and to forget, the two gematrias, if you subtract, remember from forget, from forget, you get 101. So 101 is the difference between remembering something and forgetting something. This is, uh, the Tzemach Tzedek points this out, that the difference between forgetting and remembering something is the number 101. Now this fits nicely with the Gemara that I'm sure you're familiar with, that people used to learn Torah 100 times and anybody who learned it 101 times was guaranteed that they wouldn't forget Torah's way of making sure that they internalized it because uh, that person's called an Ovid Elikim. They would learn Torah 100 times to serve God the basic way and to be an Ovid Elikim who truly serves God, a servant of God. You were supposed to study Torah 101 times. That's a Maseches Chagiga somewhere near the beginning. The, uh, the Al-Tarebbe says in Tanya, somewhere in the middle, like chapter 15, that uh, somebody who reviews what they learn 100 times is uh, is somebody who has, uh, is like somebody who's, um, what's the lesson there? It's like somebody who, uh, is it a camel? Is that the one there? A camel, a donkey? I can't remember. I really have to go back to chapter 15 of Tanya. Um, anyway, people are sometimes hired to do a basic job. And when you ask them to do even a little bit more than that basic job, it costs twice the price. That 101st time is considered beyond someone's nature. And because it's considered beyond nature, it's uh, it's something that requires significantly more effort and then therefore has significantly better output. The other thing to know is that there is a malach that is called mas. This malach called mas, which names, it has a name that means tax. That's a rough name. A malach called mas. The Arizal mentions it in Eitzchayim and Shara Zivugim. He says there, there's a malach called mas. And its job is to make Yidin forget the terror that they've learned. That's its job. <laughs> you talk about a malach with a raw deal. This malach's job is to make us forget the terror that we've learned. Mas is the gematria 100. Mem samach. So you take mem, which is 40, and samach, which is 60. Mas is gematria 100. That means that 101, according to the Tzemachtetic, would be one beyond the capabilities of the malach that is in charge of making us forget terror. So when you put this all together, what you get is that the difference between remembering and forgetting in gematria is the number 101, which is also associated with being an Ovid Elikim who goes beyond the regular, regular series of studies in order to internalize their studies particularly well. That's somebody who's learned the Torah 101 times. This is called a level above nature, which is also corresponds to 101 according to the Altadev and Tanya. And this also would supersede the Malach, whose name as a gematria of 100, of 100, whose job it is to help Jews forget the Torah. So that would make 101 the thing that transcends that Malach. This all comes together into a theory that Rabbi Duba puts together very nicely in his book, Under the Line, where he says that uh, one of the main themes of this letter that we're looking at is that, I think in this letter over here, he says twice, that he wants the Rebbe to remember these words. He wants the Rebbe to remember him. He wants there to be a connection between them that lasts forever. There is a, this is your father who's with you literally right now. And the words that I'm telling you of terror should be literally with you right now. And I never want you to lose this paper. This is, a, he says, yes, yeah, I want you to guard this. And this is something, you should be guarding this for many days of your life. The, uh, the Blavik wants the Rebbe not to forget him and not to forget his words. And it seems that the key to not forgetting something is the number 101. It foils the Malach, who has the gematria of 100, is the difference between in gematria, remembering and forgetting, and is what the Gemara describes as the way somebody goes above and beyond in remembering their terror. In any event, this is a letter that was deeply important to Reb Levick and one that the Rebbe kept with him as his father requested. And uh, that's it for today.
could we say that imcha and itcha are like one is one is um like I'm with you and I'm with you. One is like I'm with you from far a distance, and one is from up close. Is that what the itcha imcha would mean? I don't know. Um, I roughly and imprecisely translated it as just super with you, but obviously that's not what Reb Levick means. He wouldn't use that extra word there unless he meant it to mean something like that. Because say imcha means like I'm like here with you, and itcha means like I'm with you, like almost like I'm empathizing and I'm with you, and imcha is like I'm with you. Like it seems like it's one is like bekarav and one is berach. You, you mean like itcha like is in your presence almost? Correct. One is I'm with you, and imcha is like I'm 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 one. One would be I'm one with you, and one is I'm physically with you. Like one, like, one is like, spiritual, one is physical. Literally there, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That would play in nicely to this idea about one hundred and one. Once again, emphasizing this theme of of don't forget, stay close, get and hold on to things. I'm there. I'm literally there. Imcha, Yeah, I like it. 